Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Ecclesiology. I'm Desiree Greenhall. And I'm her husband, Daniel Greenhall. And our goal in this podcast is to explore what it looks like for laymen within the local church to be faithful members of one another. Uh, This podcast has four segments, who we are, we already did that, what we're doing, what we're learning, and what we're reading. So we'll start next with what we're doing. Desiree, what are we doing? Uh, We're moving. Yeah. We were packing. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, we don't really have that much stuff. So far, I've heard a lot of times, you'll find out just how much stuff you have when you move, which is true. I know how much stuff I have, but I don't think it's more than I thought I had, actually. Yeah. And I understand why a lot of people have that. I really do. Because it's easy to kind of squirrel stuff away and buy lots of things. Well, when you have more space, Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, put this down in this corner and then forget about it. And I think part of that is because we lived in a small space and had a baby. Mm-hmm. And we knew we were going to pretty early on from when we moved into this space. So it made it very easy for us to, to remember, hey, if we don't actually need it, let's not buy extra trinkets and gizmos and gadgets and things like well, that. And when you're living in a smaller space, you're always bumping into the stuff you yep. have. And you're more likely yep. to be like, get this out of my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we didn't really have a, a spare room to chuck stuff in. We did mm-hmm. for a little bit, but we knew that it was going to be a kid's room. Yep. So we were very careful about what we got. So we're packing. I've been emailing realtors and the bank and setting up utilities and you did some coordinating. I did? Yeah. Of people, times. Oh, yeah. I mean, our moving team. Yeah. You did a good job of sitting down and writing out a list, even though I wrote in the middle of it. Yeah. (laughs) Daniel was filling out some paperwork for something completely different. Uh And he grabbed my notebook off the table and wrote it down. He he was like, look at me, Desiree. I'm learning so much. I actually wrote down the username and password. And I'm like, good job. And then I look at it later and it's right in the middle of my whole neat and organized page of moving day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't check first, so I'll have to copy all that over, or you will, so it's actually legible. But he did a good job at coordinating, okay, when, what time can we start planning the move, and who can come, and that type of thing. It worked out pretty well. Uh, we're figuring out how to move some furniture. I think we got that squared away. We mm-hmm. still have a washer and dryer to go get mm-hmm. that we got to figure out. But that's it the last free, we end. just have to make a little yep. bit of a trip. And it works, because free junk isn't worth going to get, right. but this actually works. Um, We've got a babysitter. So that we don't have to also take care of Sophia while we're trying to coordinate everything. That'll help with our mind to go in a couple of different directions. And That'll take these, one away. All of these people are volunteers, so yeah. super helpful. Yeah. Even even my mom was willing to make supper for the whole team. Yeah, that'll be really helpful. I'm glad. That'll take a little bit more off your plate. Um, we found a time. I wrote down finding a time. Oh, yeah. the Scheduling the closing time. Oh. Yep. Um that's and then, done already. So. Yeah, I did that. Oh, okay. I was talking about what we've been doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and we're cleaning so that we don't have to move anything that we're just going to throw away when we get to the new place. Right. A we lot have... of people purge before they move. Yep. So. And we've done a, like a physical, hey, this thing is junk. We should just throw it away instead of leaving it in the drawer like we have. Yeah. Because you know how sometimes you have something that's like, I don't really use this that much and it's kind of broken, but it still works enough. So it's like a good backup. So like if, if the other one breaks, then this one will work for a couple of days if we need it to, but you haven't used it in a year and a half or 10 years. And you're like, you know what? If I need another one of these, I'm actually just going to have to buy another one anyway. So I'll I just think, throw this away. I think you're probably talking more to a listener than to me. Cause I'm the no, type I don't think to so. throw away more than I'm I... talking to myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause I do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I go through phases, though. Sometimes I want to keep everything because I'm like, well, but we might need it and it costs money. And then sometimes I'm like, 
Yeah, it's junk. Throw it away. Yeah, I like those phases. <laughs> yeah, I know. When I can good. tell you're in one of those, then I'm like, like, hey, let's this, clean. This, let's this. clean. And you're yep. like, nah, toss. I'm like, yes. Yep. Um, and we're recording this podcast a little bit early so that I can pack that stuff too because I haven't been able to take it down, put it away. And that's really about it. That's basically all that's new. Yep. Because that's kind of a lot to be able yeah. to get everything done. So Fia's birthday is coming oh, yeah. up. And a friend of mine graciously offered yeah. to throw it for me since we knew we were going to be pretty crazy with all the moving stuff. And I just so. found out that Oreo is not a cake flavor. Even though you were so sure it was. I was sure it was, but apparently sure Oreo is not a cake. I'm sure you can find a box mix for mug cake or something oh, probably. somewhere. That's probably where I thought it's about it. It's probably just like not in a common grocery store. Yeah. It's got to be something big, yeah. like a super target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're looking forward to Sophia's one-year birthday party. That's coming right up. I also got a new setup for the podcast. I always love podcast setups. Mm -hmm. So we used to have the mic and then the computer right below it, but then we're both kind of crowding around one computer, which is better than crowding around a phone, but it's kind of hidden behind the mic, so one person can't quite see everything, but now I have two screens, one for Desiree and one for me, and hers is bigger. Yeah. So that she can see everything but a little bit better. But mine's not um, 1080p. Mine is just 720p, so. Yeah. Oop, I just locked your screen. There's only a brightness the, thing on there, too, only somewhere. Only for your wife, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> I could easy. care less. Um, so that's a little bit fun. Although it may end up working against us because then we're not having to look and get closer to the screen that's directly under the microphone. So we may yeah. end up being farther away. We'll yes. see. Yeah. But it was an old piece of tech that I had lying around. See, I do have those occasionally. Hmm. All right. So that's what we're doing. But what are we learning? Well, it naturally flows that with doing a lot of moving, we've been learning and thinking about and really, in the past, have already done some thinking about before we cl are closing on a home. We've thought about moving. And I wanted to share a little bit of our thought process on how we went about, went into choosing a house, why we went into choosing a house. Um, there are also some couple things that I'm just now realizing I didn't write down, but hopefully I'll remember when we get there. But um, I want to chat a little bit about moving now. Again, kind of like last week, to some of you that might seem boring. All right, uh, just like weddings, uh, some people might be like 14 and listening. I don't think there's any 14-year-olds <laughs> listening. Uh, or they've been married for their years, so they're like, I don't really need to think about what it's like to get married. Well, last week's was applicable to that. And just like you may not be in a position to move, you may not even be able to move. You might be, you know, eight and living in your parents' house. Not everyone is in a position to move. Um, or some people don't even really, it's not really on their radar. But eventually, almost everyone gets a chance to move. Yeah. And if not, people within your local church will probably have to think about moving. Mm -hmm. So this won't be a fully fleshed out, um, as our pastor might put it, a theology of moving. Because we <laughs> could have that, right? Yeah. And there is really a, a theology of moving. Now, if you've never thought about it in those terms, well, stick with me. We're going to get there a little bit. And why you might want to have a theology of moving. Because moving is a decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any decision that you make is really outside of something that you should think about theo theologically. To put that another way, every decision that you make will in some way affect your local church, right? Maybe. If you're rightly involved in your local church or a yeah. part of your local church. Now, I there may be exceptions to that, so I'm not going to make that a completely blanket statement. Let me, let me back off a little bit off the accelerator mm -hmm. here and say many, many, many of the decisions that you make will in some way affect your local church. It will affect other believers, and it will affect your. It can affect your relationship with Christ. Now, how significant or insignificant that is, 
there's a very, very wide oh, scale. Yeah. 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 For example, if I choose to take a sip of water now versus in 10 minutes, how much will that affect my local church? Well, it might not directly. But let's say I choose not to drink any water today. All right. And you get sick and you died. Your local church lost. I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> I was going to say, what if I choose not to drink any water today? I'm just, I'm busy. I don't have time for it. I drink my coffee to give myself energy and I make it through. Don't not just not thinking about drinking any water. And then tomorrow I get up and I have a headache, right? Because mm-hmm. that happens when you don't drink enough water, then your muscles kind of get tense and can't get rid of the lactic acid. And mm-hmm. uh, my neck especially will get tense and I'll have a headache and that'll affect how much and how well and how much I'm able to concentrate on when I interact with other members members of my local church when we assemble on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's just one easy effect. I mean, even more so, my wife is a member of my local church, right? Mm-hmm. So when I, when I wake up with a headache versus not waking up with a headache, especially if I have some degree of control over that, I need to do whatever I can to make it as easy as possible to glorify God during the day, right? Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean if you have a headache, you're in sin? Well, no, there are people that have headaches all the time that have no control over it, and they just have it a little bit harder in that respect, right? Mm-hmm. But if I can choose to take a drink of water, and I know that by drinking water and being disciplined about drinking water throughout the day, that'll actually make it easier for me to interact with other people. It'll make me more alert interacting with my local church and can give me a couple of more opportunities to um, edify the local body or even make it easier for me to be kind to my wife. Well, I need to do as much as I can reasonably do, especially things like that, that'll make it easier for me to love those around me, right? Caught you mid-yawn. Yeah, I was uh-huh. trying to make it quiet. Yeah, you've been yawning left and right. Uh-huh. So that was a long tangent to say that even something like moving can and likely will affect how you interact with your local church. Mm-hmm. For the better, for the worse, or just for the different even. You know, some things may not be inherently or even obviously better or worse but they might end up just changing things yeah you know or maybe you don't and maybe i wasn't clear on that let me know so like i said this won't be a fully fleshed out theology of moving but this is a topic i'd like to revisit even in a few months after we've moved maybe because i'm sure i will have thought about it more and i'd be willing to bet that i'd have thought through and even chatted with older and wiser men and women about it in the coming days months weeks after we've moved Mm mm-hmm All good? Yeah. Okay. Um, So this is a start and an invitation to think carefully about how one ought to approach or one way someone could think about approaching the idea of moving, right? Or maybe just some things to consider when you're moving. Yes, that's exactly right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are some reasons that people end up where they currently live? Like Uh, everyone is in a place, right? Based on where you work. Yeah. So that could be one. Um, I don't know where that ranks in my list. We'll have to skip it when we get there. But oh, I started with easy ones. Like oh. Sophia lives with us. Right. She doesn't have much choice. Oh, yeah. So that that is a reason that uh, a lot of the population ends up where they are. That's true. Kids, for the most part, don't really have a choice. You ran away when you were a kid. I tried. <laughs> I got too hungry. <laughs> you got to the back. woods outside your house, right? <laughs> yeah. So... Kids, techni- yes, they do have a choice, but broadly speaking, to simplify things a little bit here, they live with their parents, and that's why they're there, because my parents live here, it's, it's where I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. What other real option do I have? Okay. Yeah. Now, I get it. There can be exceptions to every little scenario here. That's not within our scope. I'm simplifying. I'm moving on. College kids generally live on a campus. Mm-hmm. We did. 
yep. when I decided, hey, I'm going to go to Faith. There were reasons that I chose to go to Faith Baptist Bible College. And one of them was the location. But if I choose this school, generally, at least before 2020, you just yeah. you went on campus. Now, yes, there were online options starting up. And now, even more so, online learning has blossomed or at least grown. I don't know if it's flourished mm-hmm. in effectiveness, but it is an option. Um, so that's that's one reason people end up where they are. I chose the college. I moved there. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, some people live near their work, right? Yeah. A lot of people, especially some of the YouTubers that I've that I've seen, um, like if, especially if the wife YouTubes, some of your cleaning ladies, the <laughs> husband just moves for work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they just move based on this is where the work is. Right. And or like people in um, Air Force, yeah. Navy. Yep. All that stuff. Where their work takes them, that's where they go. Yep. And that's the end of it. That's as far as they get in thinking about it. Not necessarily, that's not necessarily problematic either. Hmm. That's just a reason that people end up where they are. That's the only question we're trying to answer right now. What else? Number four on there. Um, Ivy. Oh, four. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different numbers. Sorry, letters, yeah. Uh, because they like the location. Yeah. A lot of people move because they like the location. Like Florida mm. in the winter. Yep. But maybe not the summer. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of old people end up moving to Florida. Retirement really? communities. Yeah. Oh, yep. didn't know that. Um, some people move... Because, oh, that was my phone. Uh, they like the location because it's close to family. Mm, yep. They want to stay close to their family because uh, they want parents to be able to see kids and grandparents to be able to see grandkids. And so they choose a location. Support. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, based on this is where my family is. Or yeah, it could be, a, hey, my grandma is getting older in age. And so I'm going to move next door to her so that I can help take care of her. Yeah. And it works. Uh, some people move to communities of people like them, right? Mm-hmm. This goes along with older people living in retirement communities, all right? Or even just people saying, we like the community. Typically means that there's other young families, mm-hmm. or it's a retirement community, or they're a bunch of college kids to party with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, they can move in because, oh, I like these people, so I'm going to live close to them so we can spend time together. Mm-hmm. So, um, yet others just pick a spot that they can afford. Right? Yeah. Um, well, I can only spend $80,000 on a house, so that narrows down within where in the U.S. I can go and still get a house. And really, if you don't have ex- money to travel, then that really narrows your options down. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, this is all I can afford. That's where I'm going to go. Yep. Or maybe it's an apartment. And you say, hey, this is the all I can afford in an apartment, and this is the only jobs that are available. I mean, right now, where you and I, Desiree, live, in the time that we live, um, there are a lot. There are a plethora of jobs available, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's relative. I get that because sometime in history, people might look on this and say there were no jobs available. Yeah, it's relative, yeah, I suppose. But I can go out. I can find a job. But again, that might not be the same for anybody. But people just pick a spot that they can afford. So that this is the only job they can find. Then I'm going to work here because I got to work the job, and I have to. This is all I can make. This is all I can afford living off that job. Mm-hmm. Okay. And homeless people are a whole different conversation, but yeah. we don't really have time for that. So those are a lot of reasons that people can end up where they are. And those are a lot of things that I thought through when I was starting to approach the question of where should we move? I'm like, well, why do people move and how do they choose where they are? What are some reasons? But then that brought me to the question of how should I approach buying a house, which, because I'm married, was a question of how should we approach buying a house, right? Mm -hmm. Or should we even consider moving? If we move, do we want the same type of housing? 
We're in an apartment right now. Mm. We've just made an offer on a house that was accepted. We close on Friday. So we're moving into a house. Now, it's not because it's cheaper, right? Oh, for sure. No. Which, it would have been nice to just save money living in an apartment. Long term, a house can be cheaper. But if you listen to someone like Dave Ramsey, I'm not denouncing Dave Ramsey. I'm not espousing Dave Ramsey. I'm not saying whether I'm for or against. I'm saying someone like Dave Ramsey will say, well, it's better to live in cheap housing, save up for 100% for a house, and then buy the house, right? Mm -hmm. That can be good. That can be problematic, potentially. For example, what? It just seems like we're getting off on a tangent. No, no, no. This is this is actually this getting is... directly to what we're oh, supposed to be talking okay. about. Okay, good. I know, I know. We're we're good on time. We're at seventeen minutes. Okay. So, um, yes, it is financially cheaper in the short term, and even up to like ten years, but based on our specific situation, mm-hmm. to live in an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And we can house a kid. We could house two kids. We could house ten kids. Yeah. In this apartment. Yeah. And it would be possible. Mm-hmm. However, it is more difficult in an apartment to minister to church family in ways that we think it's appropriate and helpful and wise for us to minister to church family. Or at least in the er- in the areas that we minister to yes. our church family. Yeah. So, for, uh, t- one example. We have stairs leading down to our apartment. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big deal. If we want to have a couple of college kids over for a meal, spend time with them, even disciple them within our home, stairs aren't in our mind at all as an issue. But there are some 90-year-olds and 80-year-olds that will have legitimate trouble coming down those stairs. Mm -hmm. Now, are there other ways we can minister to them? I better mute my phone Mm because that's the second time. Yeah, for sure. It's possible we might be able to go over to their apartment. Um, it's possible that they can make it down the stairs. We can, I can help the lady down. I can help the lady back up, and it's fine. But it would be easier for them, and even some people would be more likely to say yes to coming over so that we can spend time with them mm-hmm. if we didn't have those stairs. Now, that's one small thing, yeah. right? There's also the issue of space. It's also the issue of um, critters. We've had a couple <laughs> of run-ins with cockroaches. And you don't want to have guests over and have cockroaches running. And you out. really don't want to serve food to a large amount of guests. Yes. Yeah. Now you have to leave it on counters and stuff. Yeah, that's okay. problematic. But let me, for sake of argument, point out where this can lead. Right? Because if I carry this all the way out, and I say, well, I want to do everything I can to make it easier for people. Well, I'm going to end up needing a five hundred thousand dollar house because otherwise it's just not presentable enough. Okay. That can lead. There. <laughs> <laughs> that that can lead there. Okay. So, yes, this can be helpful, a helpful consideration, but it's not the only thing I base buying a house off of, right? Right. And also, I mean, we can serve our church in yes. other ways. Yes. And we do. Right. So we don't need a house, but it's helpful because there are mm-hmm. more ways that we would love to serve our church family that are harder with an apartment. Yeah. When considering buying a house, we thought, well, are there pros? Are there cons? Yes. Both. This fell under the, oh, well, this would be helpful about having it. Mm -hmm. Yes, it'll mean spending more money, but also it'll mean, hey, this is something that we've wanted to be pursuing. We've already actively pursued while we're in an apartment. So it's not like, well, as soon as we get a house, we'll start doing all this stuff. Oh, yeah. We already have people over now. We just want to make it easier to facilitate that. Right. That's one thing. Also, if we do want to have 10 kids, which we don't want to have 10 kids right now. If the Lord gives us 10 kids, the Lord gives us 10 kids. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. But we do want to have a couple of more kids if the Lord should allow. And so to make um, provisions, that's the right word, provisions for that, 
I want to I want to start down that path. Mm-hmm. Also, this is what I actually had written down, which we'll kind of blow through a little bit quick now, but that's fine. When we approached buying a house, what did we what did we center it around, or what was close to or at the forefront of how we make this decision? Having it close to where we go to church. Yeah, we wanted to make it about the local church, which happens to overlap with our desires because we desire to see growth within our local church. We desire to edify the local church, but it's not simply because I like the weather. Now, that doesn't mean you can never consider liking the weather, right? Yeah. Maybe the weather is a legitimate issue and maybe in your, you're in Alaska and you're just not able to drive through the snow and get safely into a church or building at even home. even I've known people with health issues mm-hmm. that need a different elevation yes. and have to move. Yeah. I remember the situation you're talking about, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying never think about weather and what you like in weather. I'm not saying that. But for us, we wanted to center it around the local church because our lives are oriented around the body to which we are attached, right? Mm-hmm. If we were to think about the analogy of a body mm-hmm. for a local church, we wanted to center it around that. You're looking at me like I forgot something, did I? Well, it's just you're, the phraseology you're using is very extreme, and I think people might... Centered? I, is it the word centered? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think yeah. I mean centered. Okay. But that was a major consideration. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yes. Yes. So a major consideration mm-hmm. rather than centered. So rescind centered. Redact that. <laughs> I don't remember the phrase that Willy Wonka uses. Go back, rewind, reverse it. Something like that. I'm going to have to look that up now. Maybe our fact checker will get it. So we wanted to keep from as much as possible cutting an arm or a leg or a hand off of a body of Christ if possible. Yeah. Right? So as much as possible, we want to keep that body intact because we care about it. And again, I'll get to what I'm saying and what I'm not saying in a minute. But as much as possible, we wanted to keep that intact. Rather than choosing a local church wherever my job takes me, I wanted to have my job accommodate the local church that I'm attached to. Yeah. So this might not be an issue because if you're not a faithful member of your local church, so you're not really attached to the body, but just go and sit in a pew and leave as soon as the message is done, then you don't have to worry about this, right? A body doesn't care if it loses a wart. Now, that might be a little extreme. I think if it's a good body, they would still care about that person. They would. Because the body would be um, intent on discipling all of the parts of the body. Yes. So if it was a healthy body, then they would care. Mm -hmm. They would. I was being a bit extreme. Okay. (laughs) I get that. I'm painting a picture, though. Oh, okay. So, yes, it's not that extreme. I'm not going to refer to anybody at any local church as a wart. I wouldn't actually say, well, I think this person's a wart because they're just doing nothing but sucking up. I think the body would heal Mm -hmm. a little bit easier if someone that's not, I don't know, maybe not. I don't, uh, my words. All right. So now, does it actually mean that it doesn't matter if you're not a faithful local church member? No, it does actually still matter. Mm-hmm. Because what we should think about and what we should make our decisions based upon doesn't change based on how faithful you are or not. It just means you right. don't consider them properly. Yeah. So that was, uh, what's the word? What were those pamphlets that were written? They were not sarcastic. They were, it's a style of writing. Oh, do you know um, what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Like satire. Satire. Yeah. Oh, it, it was just satirical. Came to me. Yeah, good job. Um, so 
that was slightly satirical. But I do want you to think about, I say that to bring to mind, well, what would it actually look like if you leave a local church? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, I want, and again, I wanted two sides to that. If you are a faithful member of a local church, have you thought about when you leave that local church, well, what does that look like even within the analogy of the body? Now, How will it affect, affect them? Yeah. Now, I don't want to press the analogy too far, right? The analogy of the body, the image oh, of the body. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it does help help us to think more carefully about, well, my decision is going to affect others. Mm-hmm. And if I am a faithful local church member, what's that going to mean for the rest of the local church? Because they're kind of going to have to pick up the slack, right? Mm-hmm. Now, is God able to take care of that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it should be a consideration. And is it always sinful to leave your local church? Not at all. Mm-mm. So here's where I had a couple of clarifications. I want to be clear on a few things. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's never okay to move for a job. That's not what I'm saying. Don't say that I said that. I didn't say that. I think there can be reasons to move for a job. I think mm-hmm. there can be legitimately, hey, I, I need to move because wise of a job. Wise reasons. Mm-hmm. And it can be wise and good. I'm not saying it's never a good idea to leave a healthy local church. In fact, I think there can be excellent reasons for a faithful local church member to leave a healthy local church. Mm -hmm. For example, missionaries, planting a church, starting another church. Mm -hmm. That can be good for a church split. Ooh, what? (laughs) You want a church split? Well, call it a church plant and it sounds a lot better. But effectively it is. The church splits and says, hey, we have a thousand people here. We could split into four local churches mm-hmm. and be faithful local churches and continue to grow from there. Mm-hmm. And it might be healthier for the body. Might be. I'm not saying that every thousand member church needs to split. That's not what I'm saying either. Don't say that I'm not <laughs> saying something that I'm not. But I think there can be good reasons for a faithful member to leave a healthy local church. And there can be times when a job takes someone somewhere and they go and it's not wrong. Okay. But I do think... It would be helpful for believers in Christ, who are members of his body, the local church, which is every believer, to value their relationship with other local church members more than, at minimum, their comfort. Right? Mm-hmm. I.e., choosing a home solely based on the fact that they like where it is. Okay? I think that more important than our comfort level is our relationship to our local body, the church. And Sophia just woke up, so I think we're just about done. <laughs> all right i think it probably one big sum it all up would be maybe consider your local church mm-hmm. if you're in the moving process yep. or if someone you know is in the moving process encourage them to consider it and encourage yeah. them to consider how much they should consider yes their local church yep. in the process of moving yes um so lastly we'll run through this real quick because sophia's crying she'll be okay <laughs> what are we reading uh, we're on The Magician's Nephew. Yep. C.S. Lewis. Still working through that one. Yep. Um, you're working on? Art of Neighboring. Yep. Really enjoying it. I put the names on there, the authors, but I'm not going to pronounce that. Oh. Jay Pathak and Dave Runyon. Pathak? Yeah. It's not Patak? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm guessing. <laughs> and we started a book called Caring One Another for Ed Welch. Yep. Uh, that's a book that our church will be going through, and I'm looking forward to that. That's about going to wrap it up. Hopefully that gives you some idea of at least how we approach moving and how you should value or should think about valuing your local church. Think about how it affects others uh, when you do even something so everyday or as detached as moving. Mm -hmm. That's going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Um, Hope it was helpful. And for now, keep serving or start serving within your local churches. Bye. Bye.